The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello. And Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. How do you do? Folks, before we get started, I do have a little bit of news, a little bit of network news, the StarQuest Network. You can now get all our podcasts on Spotify. If you go to Spotify and you search for one of the podcast names like Secrets of Technology, or you could search for SQPN and in the podcast section, um, if you do that, you'll find all of our podcasts listed. And you can, you can, it's not really subscribe on Spotify, it's follow and you can add us to playlists and all that sort of stuff, but it's all there. And uh, so it's just another way that we want to make it possible for you to enjoy all of our shows, uh, however it is that you want to enjoy them. So, uh, Go, if you check out Spotify, and we're looking at even more uh, things we can do in the future, the more uh, there's all kinds of places available now for having your podcast pop up in in various places. So today our topic is going to be it's it's summertime, and in the summer it's a thing. People like to read books. They go on vacation, they take books with them, or you go to the beach, you bring a book. And so I wanted to talk about technology related to books for bookworms i love books um if if uh, you could see me now like uh father andrew and pat can you would see uh, just a few of the shelves that exist in my house full of books and i, I can see father andrew has a bunch of shelves and i know pat you have a yep. ton of shelves full of books we're all, downstairs yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all uh bookworms here in in on this podcast and maybe you are too so i wanted to start ta- start by talking about technology for books uh and but i want to throw it to both of you which do you prefer? Do you prefer to read a book uh, on an e-reader or in paper form? Father Angel, I'll start with you. I definitely prefer the paper form, actually. Okay. Uh, I have a, a Kindle, and I've tried to, to take it on you know trips and stuff, but I, there, there's something about me that just loves the, the physicality of, of, of a book um, that you miss in an e-book format. Hmm. So I, I definitely prefer a, a physical book. How about you, Pat? What, is, what do you prefer? Uh, I actually prefer reading it on an e-reader for a bunch of reasons. Uh, but because mainly I can adjust the font size oh, and yeah. things like that. Um, and it keeps track of where I was, where I might not remember on a physical book. Uh, in I guess, yeah, I, and and basically, it's just that I I like the advantages of the ebook. Uh, one of the things I do miss about paper books, though, is I can remember a passage and find it by where it was on a page, and you can't do that on an ebook. Mm, that's a good point. You know, and I can remember things in context of of that physicality, but other than that, I prefer ebook. So for me, I I vastly prefer uh, the ebook. I, I just um, a few years ago, maybe more than a couple of years ago now, five or six years ago, uh, I switched to reading almost entirely on ebook because I just found I wasn't reading because my book was always 
sitting on my bedside table where I would read it for 10 minutes before I fell asleep at night and didn't remember what I read. Uh, whereas now with a Kindle or my phone or my iPad, I'm always carrying it with me. It's always with me. Uh, also, I have every book I've ever purchased with me at all times. Um, and I can, and if I want a new book, I just buy it and it, or, or as we've seen other things uh, we'll be talking about soon, borrow it and it shows up on, you know, on my Kindle. Um, but here's another one that which, which I think it's probably just me being weird. I don't I don't like to read the back of books. Like if I could buy a, if I could have a book, if someone could say read this book, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but you're going to love it. That's the ideal to me. I don't like to know like like when you read the blurb, it always tells you too much. But even more, when I can see my progress in the book, I know I'm getting to the end. I start to anticipate, okay, this is what's going to happen. We're almost done, you know? Whereas if I don't know how much is left, it's, I know, I'm weird. If I, no, I said, <laughs> this is right. Yeah. If, I, if I don't know how much is left, I'm, I'm more in the story. I, I don't get pulled out of the story. So, so for all those reasons, I really do like, to, I prefer to read uh, on an ebook. Um, and then there's more things like highlighting and, and, um, and then there's some other stuff that'll come up in a bit as we talk about it. So, uh, so that's interesting. So it, an interesting uh, generational divide. I'm, you know, uh, Pat and I are older than Father Andrew. Uh, we're <laughs> we're from a time when there were no eBooks, uh, and yet, uh, so that's. It, I, but I find it's also uh, Father Andrew. I think you're part of the generation that also likes records, like uh, m- music records and uh, phones with wires and, and things like that. So that's sort of that like the technology. <laughs> <He's retro>. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I'm pretty sure on Kickstarter there is a uh, Bluetooth cassette player that's being <laughs> currently funded. So that's awesome. Retro is in apparently. I actually might buy that because I have so many cassette tapes <laughs> that I need to rip. <laughs> uh, so okay, so that's that's an interesting way to start. So let's talk about e-readers. And when you talk about e-readers, there's really one that sits on the top of the pile. I mean that they have gosh, what, 90% of the market, and that's Amazon's Kindle series. Uh, do, do you do you guys have a, so I assume you all have a, you, I think, Father, you said have a Kindle, right? Yes, I and, do. And Pat, you have a Kindle? Actually, I don't have a Kindle anymore. I have a Kindle app okay. that I use constantly. Okay. Uh, but uh, I do occasionally use other ebook formats. Uh, for instance, Google Play, because I oh. get occasional here. You can have a book for 99 cents. So I'll go get a one off of Google. Oh, but yeah, you're right. Kindle is the biggest one, but yeah. I do use some other. I didn't realize that uh, Google Play, but I guess you're right. Because like, there's also Apple uh, book. Yep. Used to be iBook. Yes, Apple books. I've yeah. got some of those. I've got a whole bunch yeah. of them and I never read them. I just I don't read on my iPad or my phone like I do on my Kindle. And that's actually uh, another point is, is the. It, as a single-use device, I don't get pop-up notifications that distract me. I don't have, um, I'll just go check Facebook for a second. Uh, or, oh, I just want to play this game for a little bit. No, it's, it's uh, what I'm reading, I'm reading, and that's all that I'm, that's got my attention. Um, and I think that's one of the advantages of, of an, e, an e-reader that's just an e-reader. A, a dedicated uh, one, yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, also the advantage of a, of a physical book, too. Yeah, well, this is true. I yeah. love to go to a coffee <laughs> shop with just a physical book and just unplug. <laughs> that, that is yeah, a good I point. I understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is good. Um, the uh, the it, what was I going to say? The, uh, well, I lost my train of thought there. But um, 
So there are different kinds of uh, Kindles available. They go all the way from like a, a $90 basic Kindle all the way up to a $280 Kindle Oasis. Um, I, I get the appeal of the Oasis to someone who's really into books. I bet it feels really good and looks really good in the hand. I haven't held one, uh, but from all the all that I've seen, it sounds like really good. But I just I don't know if I could justify spending two hundred and eighty dollars just on the device. Isn't it waterproof too? Was wasn't yes. that the big thing? Yes, and, that's, that's uh, the where the other thing. ones aren't. And it's getting adjustable light for like the uh, warmth of it, so cold to warm oh, the, okay. the the light so as the day changes and that sort of thing. Uh, whereas, so I have a paper white. A Kindle Paperwhite that uh, I bought with. So the nice thing with the Kindles is if you buy it with ads so that it displays ads, it's cheaper. So you'll get an ad every time you look at it when you're not reading it. Um, but then when you turn it on, then the ad goes away and you don't see it again until it turns off again. Uh, but eventually I bought the, uh, uh, the ad free because I think I just didn't like the, some of the ads I was getting. I, 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 I probably shouldn't have. I probably should have just stuck with it and just, you know, and not spent that extra money. Um, but it's um, so the new the Kindle Paperwhite is now apparently waterproof. The the newer version. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and the other advantage is, is unlike with your phone, when you're reading it out in the sunlight, it it's um, you can still see it, uh, which is apparently the same advantage that a paper book has, too. Right, Father? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So, um. So that's so the Kindle paperwhite. I mean, I would say if if I was going to be you know getting a book uh, a, a new kin uh, a new ebook reader, I'd probably get a Kindle paperwhite, uh, which is I think they start around one hundred thirty dollars now. Um, I've had mine for I broke my first two Kindles that I had. Um, I used to keep it in my back pocket. Uh, that was a mistake, and so uh, oh, and then no. well, first one was the back pocket. I think the second one was it got wet. This was pre waterproof days. But this third one has lasted me for five or six years and maybe, yeah, maybe five or six years. So it's it's they last a long time. And the uh, kids are older. The chance of it breaking with the kids is probably less. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and in fact, my oldest is 13 and we've got her a Kindle. Um, we're now talking about perhaps getting Kindles for the others as they get older. Um, one thing that the Kindle doesn't have is tracking. So like find my phone or. The equivalent on Android, um, if you misplace your Kindle, you can't find it. So I have, tile. yeah, I have the <laughs> tiles uh, on my Kindle, my daughter's Kindle, and my wife's Kindle. <laughs> and my daughter is constantly coming to me and asking, "Daddy, can you can you ping my Kindle? I don't know where I left it." And so, uh, so does she prefer a Kindle over a physical book? I don't think so. I think the Kindle. I think she likes the Kindle because for the books that are available in Kindle. So for all the books that I've ever purchased, she's in my household. So all the books that I've purchased, my wife purchased are available to her. So a whole library is there. Plus all of the, there's um, Amazon has tons of free uh, copyright free books. So that they cost $0 and they're because they're out of copyright, uh, all the classics. And so those are all on there as well. So she'll read all those. Uh, but she just as much loves to sit down with a good paper book and read that too. So this, there isn't a, um, there is, it's not a one or the other for her. I think, uh, I, I think she would miss it if we, if she didn't have it, but I don't think it would be devastating to her. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting, 
interesting thought. I think it's just another way of reading for her. And she's a real bookworm. Uh, so, uh, do we want to talk about some of the advantages of of uh, electronic books? Because I was thinking one of the biggest things for me is when I travel, I've got every book that I ever need. Right. Where I I used to carry twelve or fourteen paperbacks just to get through a week. Yes. And uh, so that's that's a big difference for me. I remember the days of going on vacation. They're not that long ago, uh, by the way. Where going on vacation and packing three or four books in my luggage. You know, sometimes a hardback, uh, you know, because I, because that's what I'm reading and trying to figure out what can I leave behind? Uh, do I really need all these clothes <laughs> because I need something <laughs> to read this week? Uh, uh, but now now actually now it's electronic gear that I'm trying to find room for. So that's I think I've I've only just replaced one problem with another. But uh, yeah, but this is thinner. It yeah. is smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. And so, yeah, I, I think that is a huge advantage of the of ebook readers in general is you have every book you've ever purchased available to you uh wh- wherever you are and and frankly i i like the idea that even when i even with the app on my phone when i have a few minutes i'm standing in line or I'm, I'm waiting somewhere i can pull out my phone and because they sync i can uh i can re- keep keep reading my book uh, which is which is good um have either of you had experience with the nook barnes and nobles uh e-reader no no i no. went straight to the kindle and and yeah. never looked back honestly I don't think I know anybody who has that experience. And, That's and why they're out of business. <laughs> yeah. Well, if any listeners are, well, I mean, you can still buy them. They're still out there. Uh, so if any, any, if any listeners out there are using a Nook and a tablet of some kind, because they um, let me, let us know. Why do you like it? Why do you prefer it? Um, is this a, a, a positive choice in favor of it or something you just kind of that's the direction you took and now you're you're locked into the ecosystem let us know and that's actually an important point we should mention is is once you've chosen an ecosystem you're kind of stuck if if i wanted to switch from kindle to nook uh, for some reason i wouldn't be able to to take my books with me from amazon no Um, that's definitely a disadvantage in fact we'll talk about that in a bit in a few minutes about uh the the how you can get stuck uh, in, in with with uh, ebooks that you purchased that you think you purchased that you don't. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. Um, so if you so if any of the listeners have used the Nook, that would be I would love to hear from you. Um, again, Apple Apple Books uh, they look beautiful. They work nice. Uh, the apps are nice. Um, I have a bunch of books and I just never get around to. I just don't think to read them. Um, and well, I, what I, the Apple books did for me was there were several interactive books, especially children's yeah. books mm-hmm. yep. that you couldn't do with a Kindle. And so for that, that was one niche that Apple has. Uh, I don't know how many they're still putting out, but for right. a while it was I had an Alice in Wonderland that was just gorgeous. Yes, yes. I had a couple of uh, kids books myself that were like that. Um, and comic books are look really nice or graphic novels look really nice yeah. uh, on the Apple books. Um, yeah, I've got some kids books, Curious George, um, and and some other like um, tech manuals that have interactive elements and videos and things built into them, and those work really well there. So I have used it for those sorts of things, and and I tried out like textbooks of various kinds uh, back in the day, but again, I just haven't kept up with it. What I'd really like to see is uh, Apple putting some time and effort back into its iBooks Author app that it had for a while. I know it's moved some of that functionality into its pages app uh but i'd like to see some of that get some love again 
and maybe see that people be able to produce their own book through that again in a easier way than than the iBooks author allowed them to do. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's so that's the the various um, devices and and then the apps like you can read on your phone. Oh, one of the disadvantages, by the way, of the Kindle app on your phone is on at least on iPhone, not on uh, Android, is you can't buy books from within it uh, because of the limitations that Apple places on what apps can can do. They they Apple wants to take a cut of any of the sales, and Amazon does not want to give it to them. So right, but I just have another icon on my my uh, right beside it that that takes me straight to the Kindle store. Right, I buy it, turn around, and get back into the other app. Right, so I don't find that that big a deal. Yeah, and in fact, yeah. So you can go to the website and buy it, or you can go to the Amazon app the that itself. And I think for that's some really reason, a web though. Well, the, well, yeah. I think because it's an e-commerce thing, it's there's some difference. I'm not sure what the difference is, but it's some. Some weird difference uh but just you, you so you can't buy it from within the app you can but you can buy it from a browser and that's that's right one of the things challenges is uh with being a someone who loves book is finding good books to read so how do you how do you guys find uh b- the books that you want to read how do you get recommendations uh for books father father andrew where do you get your ideas for what to read from I would say that most of my uh, recommendations all end up coming from probably social media, mm-hmm. um, whether it's kind of the, the word of mouth friends who are reading something um, or, uh, you know, people out there like Bishop Robert Barron, who's recommending a book or different authors that I might follow. Uh, I follow Del Rey, which is the, yep. the publisher for Star Wars. So I, I'm very much aware of what's coming out for, for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I'm on top of that because of the social media and because I follow the various authors, I, I don't typically just go to, you know, Amazon and just browse for books. Right. I, I don't really do that. I, I, I tend to, to look for a kind of a niche sort of, uh, area of what I, of what I look for in books. Or if I go to the, if I go to Barnes and Noble, I, I always hit the, the sci-fi books and just browse it, even though I, don't really get anything or look at anything in in particular right the, but the days of when i used to go to laureate books or barnes and noble or uh walden books those are the the local yep. the couple of local ones for, for like the laureate was local here um i would go in there as a kid while my mom was shopping uh, uh for clothes at the mall i'd go to the bookstore and browse and look yep. at books but those days are you're right they're long gone um pat how do you find books to read which books you're going to read next uh, Facebook and my daughter's feeds. <laughs> no, but in addition to that, I agree. I've got some authors that I'm following. And uh, the other thing is, is that uh, I have subscribed over time to a couple of different free book services. Hmm. One was called BookBub. Yep. And the other one was called uh, or is called uh, The Fussy Librarian. And I like the Fussy Librarian better. It's more curated. Interesting. Uh, but basically, they tell you what books are free or a dollar on Kindle, on the Apple, uh, Amazon store. And then you say which categories you want to see notifications for. So I can say science fiction. I can say uh, classics. I can say murder mysteries. And that's the type of books I might get two or three of each kind in an email. And I can specify once a week, twice a week, whatever. Hmm. And so I'll skim those in every other couple of weeks. I'll pick up one or two from there. Interesting. So 
a couple of things I do is, uh, so I follow certain authors on Amazon. So if you have an author that you've liked their uh, several books that they've published or whatever, or if they have a series, you can follow them on Amazon. And then Amazon will set, can send you emails saying, hey, if you like this guy, you might like this. So that's helped me a little bit. Uh, it certainly helps me keep up with my favorite author's new books as they come out. Right. I'm constantly pre-ordering new books. Um, <laughs> there, I, I uh, subscribe to several publishers' newsletters. Uh, certainly the, the Del Rey uh, Star Wars newsletter, email mm-hmm. newsletter. Um, Tor Books, which has been yep. a long time like sci-fi. Yeah. In fact, Tor yep. does, I think they do a, a free book of the month. So at, once a month, mm-hmm. I think it is, they'll send out a link and you can download it and read it. And I found some, yes. some are good, some are not so good, but I found some interesting stuff that way. Um, a lot of like, a lot of social media, you know, recommendations. Um, one of the, like one of my favorite series by an independent author is called uh, Wearing the Cape. It's a, yes. it's a superhero series. And I learned about that from my friend, Father Roderick Von Hogan, who saw that on Amazon. And this guy, guy uh, Marion Harmon, has uh, self-published. And they're so much fun. They're, they are really cool superhero stories that are uh, in a world that is, it's, it's, it's the sort of world that's constructed, that the, there are rules and the rules make sense. And uh, it's hard to describe, but you could download the first like 10 chapters of the book for free and, and read it. And I did, I got hooked and now I've read all of his books and I'm waiting for the next one. Uh, But uh, so, and then I follow some of my favorite authors on social media as well. And they will sometimes recommend books of other people in their genre. So I I do that. One of the things, uh, one of the sites I use is goodreads.com and this is owned by Amazon, but it's a, a book community, a reader community. And, you, a lot of your social media friends will be on there and you'll I get like a daily email that where people are updating. I finished reading this and I'm reading this now. And um, so I see a lot of stuff that way. And one of the nice things is because I read on a Kindle, it automatically updates my list of what I've read and what I'm reading on mm-hmm. uh, on Goodreads. Uh, I have a widget on my website that shows what I'm reading now. And here's here's the thing that's really gotten me reading a lot more than I than I was for a few years, and that is the annual reading challenge. Every year, you set a goal for yourself, and this year, I think my goal was thirty five books. Um, and you and, and it keeps track for you this, and and it shows what your friends are reading. And oh my gosh, like if you're competitive at all, this is the this is the gamification of reading, and it will it's got me. You know, I've I'm I'm a book behind right now. I've got to catch up. I I read Brandon Sanderson's gigantic book at the beginning of the year, and now I'm behind. And uh, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, so so Goodreads is a, is an excellent resource. Um, do you of you use Goodreads dot uh, com? I have an account, and so it it does kind of get updated. And I have friends that I've you know that I'm that I'm friends with on there. But I, to be honest with you, I don't use it hardly at all. Okay, and I and I probably should. Yeah, but I just. I don't. I go on it once about every, I don't know, eight months or so, and I'll get excited and find out what people are doing, and then I'll never go back to it for another <laughs> eight months again. But I, it's given me a boost to to know what some of the people I know are reading. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to see, and I I kind of enjoy writing reviews of certain books, and so uh, it's a place you can also write reviews. And I like reading other people. I've have several friends who are prolific readers. My friend. Jeff Miller, who you may know from the blog, the Kurt Jester, 
he reads something like 250 books a year. Uh, he's a machine. I, I don't know how he... I Actually, I know how he does it. He converts many of them to audio. He's a computer engineer. So uh, he, he's, he, he uh, strips them out of the text and turns it into a spoken, and he listens to it fast or something like that. I don't know exactly how he does it. But he's a, he's a, he's amazing. But uh, so I have some friends there who uh, I, I like to follow on that. So that's uh, and then, of course, one other thing I want to recommend is this week's episode of Let's Talk, also on the StarQuest Network. Uh, Let's Talk number 55. I'll have a link in the show notes uh, was all about recommendations for for books uh, that to read this summer. So um, check that out. Uh, so podcasts are a great way to get uh, recommendations. And in fact, I'll let you all in a little secret. I'm really trying to get a a let's read podcast going a podcast that I would call let's read where we get people together to talk about what they're reading uh, now. And maybe it would be a variety of p- people like, like we do a panel that, that changes each week. And uh, so we could talk about uh, cool, interesting books that we're reading, but um, I'm still, that's still in the planning stages. And so we'll, hopefully we'll get that. So if, if you're interested, let me know uh, if that's something you'd listen to, uh, then I can, that gives you a little more impetus. So like a podcast version of a book club. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, just uh, yeah. Although that's not, a great idea. Not so much discussing the same book, but just what are you reading now, and what's it about, and what do you like about it, and mm-hmm. and then okay. uh, the people who are on the podcast could could ask questions about it and kind of quiz the person, like you know, what what do you think about this, and what, what you know, just to draw some of it out. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what form it would take, but uh, but so I'm still I'm still percolating that idea, but uh, yeah. Could, could could be more like a book club even too. That would be interesting too. Uh, but uh, so that's that's for the future. But uh, check out the Let's Talk number fifty five and some of those book recommendations. And before we move on, I do want to make a point about social media that I found to be very uh, very awesome uh, mm-hmm. with authors and everything is is in the technology world that we live in. Is there there is such a easy way to connect with authors that I would have never expected when I was growing up. Right. So I've been able to contact some of my favorite authors either on Twitter or Instagram and actually have had conversations with them. And what, in fact, one of them had some Latin questions for me because he knew that I was a a Catholic (laughs) priest. And, uh, and so actually he's going to send me one of his newer books here in September free of charge because I helped him out. That's awesome. And just to be able to interact with, with the authors I found to be, very very cool mm-hmm. and just you know again they're they're people too and to get to know them in a in a small way is is just really cool for for book lovers and uh i love it so it is pretty good i remember when melanie uh had written several reviews of a book of an author's work and later on he came back and contacted her and uh incorporated her review into his blog and it was just such a cool thing. <laughs> yeah. So Melanie is my wife uh, and Pat's daughter. And, uh, and I, I think what you might be thinking about is that when so Guy Gabriel Kay uh, right. is uh, is a novelist who uh, my wife is a huge fan of. And she wrote a, a blog post about uh, one of his books. And he tweeted, uh, here is a good close reading uh, by uh, an obviously, you know, well thought out author, uh, blogger about it by Melanie Bettinelli. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. One of your favorite authors. Yeah, I was excited for her. Uh, she was over the moon. But uh, yeah, that was really neat. You know, actually, the flip side of that, here's an interesting little anecdote. Uh, I'll take a little bit of a tangent. 
So back about 20 some odd years ago, when I was new on the internet back in the late 90s, I worked for an organization called Catholic World News. We were the first Catholic news service online. Our news, we delivered our news by email every day. So that's how you, like we didn't have a website at first. I mean, that's how old it was. And uh, when the Da Vinci Code came out, uh, in the acknowledgments, he acknowledged Catholic World News as a source. And my boss and I were like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's no. a terrible thing. <laughs> we know what you're doing. Apparently, he was using our news service for some of the material he was butchering uh, to create the Da Vinci Code. Uh, but so, but because he was online and was able to use the the internet, I mean, this is so back in the day when that was all still relatively new. And uh, so that's the flip side of being close to the authors online. <laughs> Can be dangerous. <laughs> yes, yes, dangerous to your reputation. <laughs> But it's also cool to meet these authors in person, too, yeah. if you can ever get a chance to do that. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a new uh, you might know this, Dom, but there's a new Star Wars Thrawn book coming out in July. Yes. Or actually this month. The third in the Tim- trilogy. Yeah. Timothy Zahn is going to be in Denver next week. Ooh. And so I'm going down to his release uh, interview and party. And I've met him a few different times before. And so he remembers me and and even like connecting in that way beyond because he's on social media he's on facebook and he he posts you know where he's going to be and those sorts of things but meeting them in person is is way more yeah authentic and real and just awesome and then you can interact with them and give them your appreciation and love and support and yep and uh, another small little anecdote i i went to a comic con in denver and met a one of my favorite audiobook narrators mark thompson oh cool and he was one of the first well he was really the, the first celebrity status sort of person that i met that wanted to get a picture with me because <laughs> i was a priest not because i wanted a picture with him but it was it was kind of this cool you know reversal of roles there and uh, but again, cool to just interact with them beyond social media in person if you ever get a chance. There's a particular right. advantage to being a geek priest. Uh, oh. I've seen that for like Father I, Roderick as well. <laughs> I, I get noticed at cons when I go. Yeah. Quite this, often. The, you, yeah. And you get you, sometimes you get to do things that you wouldn't might not otherwise do. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, meeting meeting these people because they I think they they always get charged, as I've heard from at these events meeting the people who love their work i mean what's 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 more cool than meeting someone who loves the thing that you labored over and created i mean that's that's a that's a great great point uh so other ways to get books maybe you don't want to buy a book maybe uh, you you want to borrow a book uh your public library has always been a great resource and now you don't have to troop down there necessarily to, to check out a book uh there are a couple of different apps that let you uh, search your library's catalog, but also do interlibrary loan. Uh, and which ones are available depends on which one your library has connected with. But uh, so my local library is connected with Overdrive. Others have connected with Hoopla. But the nice thing is they also will do uh, not only do they help you with physical books and, and our library is part of a larger network, a regional network where we can borrow from. So if, if it's not my little town's library, they'll have it in you know, Boston or one of the other suburbs library systems will have the book. And uh, so not only can I do check out books that way and renew them when they, when they need to be renewed and all that stuff through the app on my phone. Uh, but you can also check out ebooks and audiobooks. And so I, overdrive has an 
a companion app called Libby, which is for borrowing uh, ebooks and let me just try to see exactly all the things it uh, it does. So it does ebooks and audiobooks that you can download, so you you don't ha- or, uh, so you don't have to be have a internet connection, or you could stream them. So they, they let you do it either way. Um, you can you, so you can download to your phone, but you can also send it to your Kindle. So you can read a checked out library book on your Kindle if that's something you want to do. And that's really great. I mean, there's just not enough uh, like this, all this good content out there for free. You don't have to buy, uh, you know, the Amazon's books. There's so much good stuff out there that's free. Now, because you're checking things out, there are limited numbers. And sometimes you get in a waiting list, just like with a regular library. Uh, so, you know, you'd be prepared for that. But there's, you know, there are great, you mentioned audiobooks, and we love audiobooks in my house. Um, we, we're listening right now uh, using Audible, which is the uh, the the Amazon's audio, audiobook service. We're listening to the Arthur Ransom um, Swallows an Amazon series of books, which, um, if you don't know, they're novels about um, the kids in England in probably, I'm not sure exactly the time period, but I think it's between the wars, between World War One and World War Two. And these kids who they summer on a lake in the in the Lake District, and it's just wholesome, good, wonderful adventure stories about good kids, and uh, you know that doesn't have any of the stuff that you see sometimes in 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 books for kids today. And we just listen to them on car on car rides when we go on long trips. If we're in the car for more than twenty minutes, I flip it on, and the kids are quiet and they're all listening and they love it. <laughs> but uh, so. These audiobook services, especially through your public library, are wonderful. So Libby over in in Overdrive are, are and Hoopla, yeah, and then Hoopla was is the other service. So uh, do either of you use those? I use them a lot, and uh, some things are available in one service, and some things are available in another. Um, they also let you check out movies as well. Oh, cool! And they're older movies, classic movies, that type of thing. Things that may not have gotten big press. Maybe some B movies too, but movies are also available there. One of the cautions I wanted to say, though, about uh, ones you check out from the library, just like a library, there are limited copies, and they when they get a copy, it's only good for X number of checkouts. Then they have to purchase it again. Oh. So I had people that said, we're checking out five or six at a time, and then they only read one or two. And that means that those copies are not any longer available. Uh, they've been used up without anybody really reading them. Oh. So I usually suggest getting one, maybe a second one, but don't don't stock up on them just so you'll have extras because the library has to go pay for them again. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't know that. Uh, also, yeah. the just like regular library books, there's a limited period of time that you have to read it. You can renew, but you you still it's still limited the number of times. You One can of the biggest it. advantages I don't have overdue library fines anymore <laughs> yes, because true. it automatically checks them back in for me. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's that's I, that's a biggie for me. <laughs> that's a biggie for my house too. <laughs> so, oh, that's cool. How about you, Father? Uh, you, do you use? I think I'm showing my age as a millennial, but no, I don't use the <laughs> the library uh, services. I did when I was in seminary and was, you know, using the library a lot for, for thesis work or for academic work. But since since graduating and getting ordained, I have my library that I kind of port with me and right. <laughs> <laughs> 
and you know usually just go to Barnes and Noble or or Amazon to to usually when I buy a book though I it's one that I'm I'm looking for I don't just you know buy a random book that I right. want to read it's it's the next in a series or whatever and I know that I want it and I know that I'm going to keep it I have to be honest I I I I buy many more books than I borrow from the library <laughs> mainly because yep. I I I'm always wanting the new books that are out and and they're yep. ne- they're never available you know when I want to read it at the library my wife Correct. though and my kids I mean we're we're probably like the number one users of our public library system in in our town I mean they know us uh, big time uh but uh yeah, yeah. so I I'm, and I'm also a big I, I'm a big uh, rereader of my favorite series, so yeah. that that just lends itself to me having it purchased and own it, and I can just of go back to it whenever I want. And of course, I think I've read through the Harry Potter series, you know, upwards of ten times over the past, you know, number of of years, yep. and that sort of thing is just something that I like to do. It's sort of a stress reliever. I can go back to something that I know and go, you know, back to that that fantasy world and and enjoy it again but uh, i'm with you on that i've reread the lord of the rings uh, yep. oh dozens like <laughs> more than i can count uh so yes i'm, I'm with you on that uh so well, uh, and i i do that with with electronic books too you know yeah. i just can go back and reread them whenever i want and just uh that and it's a really nice way to not have to worry about having lost the book somewhere my daughter does that so at 13 she loves to go back and reread, even reread just passages of books that she particularly liked. Um, and that's really good when it's on the, you know, on the Kindle, she can just, you know, go to that section and bookmark it and, and keep coming back to it. So that's, a and good you point. can search, you yep. can search on electronic books for particular words or topics or things like that. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've uh, touched on a word in my Kindle in order to find out what it means like, because when I when I was a kid, I would just skim past them because I'm not going to get up and go find a dictionary to figure. To, to, <laughs> I would figure it out from context, maybe. But a lot of times, even like stuff related to places, like it'll look up in Wikipedia for you, or even better, translate. Like I read like spy novels, for instance, and sometimes someone will say something in Polish or Russian or something, you know, and I'm, and they don't provide a translation because the the author is trying to be, you know, secretive and cool. And I'm like, well, I really want to know what that is. Like, you know, so I tap it and like Google translates right in there. So, uh, right. really, I really, I love that part of it. Um, so let's, uh, talk a little bit about, we talked, we, we've kind of touched down some of the disadvantages, but let's kind of talk about some of the, the caveats with eBooks. And one of those that we, we talked about earlier, if you wanted to switch from Nook to Kindle or Kindle to, Apple Books, you can't take your books with you. Uh, it, it seems that Hollywood has figured this out. If I have a lot of um, movies that I've purchased, whether on Amazon or on Apple TV, but because there's a the, the the studios have like a unifying service, I think Disney Anywhere is one of them. No matter where I bought it, they make it a they they say you can watch this on any service you that you have, so any device that you have. But books have not gone the same direction. And so if you buy your books on Kindle, you can't take them with you. You you don't own your books. And that that's a big difference. I these the, these paper books I've got on my shelves, they're mine <laughs> mm-hmm. and no one can take them away from me. Uh, but uh, and this was most clearly seen recently 
Microsoft announced that their uh, their long <laughs> defunct ebook service that they tried to get going a few years ago um, that they they were finally shutting down the servers. Not that it's like you could still have the book on your like the 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 file on your device, but every time you open it, it has to the digital rights management connects with their server to say, hey, do, do they have a right to look at this? Is this is this theirs? Um, and they're shutting those servers down. And so everybody who bought those books is out of luck. They're, they're, after that, those servers are off, you can no longer access these books that you spent your hard-earned money on. So that, that's a definite disadvantage. What do, you, what do you think of that? Well, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I guess the other thing is, though, that uh, you still have the same issues, not just when a service shuts down, but when a person dies that library, that collection, mm. you don't have survivor's rights. If you happen to know your spouse's uh, user ID password to get into the Kindle service or whatever, then you could still use it, but you don't have any right to do so. Mm. And so it's it's even worse with electronic things in, in terms of legacy. Interesting. I know that Amazon has, like for my wife and I, we have a family account. So that anything yeah, if I you buy, set up one of those, yeah. then yes, there's any one of them could continue using it. Yeah. That's true. So that's a, something to like, maybe think about and with any of these services is if they have a, uh, a family account available, try to get the in on that so that someone else, even if it's not your spouse, but someone else that is your your survive, you know, benefit survivor of uh, some sort can take those with them when you are no longer here to use them. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, and this is goes true for any things that's electronic only, um, whether it's, you know, like I said, I was talking about like movies or, it, you know, when you pass on those, those, you know, if those things do not, the rights to those things do not pass on to people. And that's an important change in our society, I think, uh, over how things used to be done. Well, a slightly different, uh, I won't say uh, disadvantage, but, you know, if you purchase a book and then later on they come back and fix the typos on it, uh, you may not have the most current version. With the electronic ones, I get revised copies of them from the authors. You right. know, when, when that book, they fixed it, they've revised it, I get a new copy downloaded. Yep. So that's, that's kind of an a, a interesting yes. take on it. The collector in me is all about having that first edition with all the typos, and, <laughs> and I'm okay well, with that. Then, I mean, but also if you want to, but new content. Yeah, if you if you want to be, <laughs> yeah, that that's that's true. Conspiracy minded about it. That also means they can disappear things that are like it, you know, a la 1984. Yeah. They could change the they past could. and or George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they could change things. Create <laughs> like J.K. Rowling could come by and decide. I'm going to change all of this stuff about Harry Potter. He's now uh, going to be called Harold Potter in all the books. And we've changed all the books. I mean, that's that, that's the sort of thing. In fact, um, that's not she a, just. Yeah, she just does that on Twitter. Yeah, I know. But but I mean, my wife is running. To, I keep talking to my wife. We should have had her on this uh, episode. But she ran into something in the analog sense of this. She's in a book group reading Brideshead Revisited by Evelyn Lenoir, a great Catholic novel. And she's having trouble because. The edition she's reading is different from the edition that other people are reading because apparently at some point he changed the novel. He re he published a new edition, and so there's different versions of the story out there. 
which makes it difficult when you're in a book group that you don't know what other people are reading. <laughs> I ran into that with one of uh, Father Merton's uh, uh, books uh, that he had written, you know, about 15 years before he died. And then in the last couple of years, he came back in and added a bunch of things. And so at that point, I was able to get a copy of the new one, too, mm -hmm. and I could compare to the old one. So that's kind of an interesting, yeah, an interesting twist on that. But yeah, I'd hate to have things disappear on me. Well, I mean, here's a here's an ironic version of that. In 2009, Amazon uh, removed copies of George Orwell's 1984 from people's Kindles because of a legal issue that they were having, which is, a, again, a bit ironic given the, <laughs> that uh, particular novel. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Any other uh, disadvantages or caveats we want, you know we would bring up about ebooks and book technology? I mean, I would just say that that I think this is sort of where we're where we're going as a culture. If you, I mean, especially with the streaming services like Netflix and and Disney Plus and all of that stuff, people already are moving into this realm of knowing that I'm going to pay for this service that I can watch and stream, but I don't really own. Right. And and the the way that the ebooks are working was it would more or less be sort of similar to that. Um, I I find myself still kind of resisting that a little bit, and I and I like the the physicality, like I said, of having a book or you know knowing that I own it versus I'm just kind of borrowing it until Amazon decides that I don't no longer have the rights to it. But I think also though on that front we we just trust yeah like. I trust that Amazon is not going to pull the rug out from under me and take away all my books. And I have no real fears about that. And I just, yeah, I, I, I we trust, I yeah. think is in general in that realm. Amazon's not really going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, they're a big right. company, not anytime soon anyway. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. And, and as a society, we've made these sort of technology bargains before, you know, back in the sixties the and the seventies and the eighties, we said we're willing to watch TV for free over the air in exchange for having to watch commercials. Um, you know, we we've made sort these sorts of we'll, we'll we'll get something, but we have to give up something and an inconvenience of some sort. And we're making a new kind of bargain now, which is we're getting something, which is the, uh, you know this this convenience of the eBooks, but we're also giving up something. And the the question we always have to keep asking ourselves. Are we getting the, a a the raw a raw deal, or are we getting a a, a decent deal? Um, we're probably not getting taking advantage of these giant corporations at all. But you know, are are we are we getting ripped off? And that's one of the things we have to be alert to. Uh, so um, that's that's part part of it. And and then there's also I have a potential solution to losing all your ebooks, uh, but that'll be in my pick of the week. But that'll be coming up in a bit. Um, so uh, so a, a, a solution to so you don't don't lose them if when servers shut down. I was going to bring up something. Uh, we, we touched lightly on audiobooks, yes. but to me, they're just as important as the electronic uh, reading type of book. And one of the things that's a real advantage is being able to have the audio and the, the, the uh, printed version and be able to sync them yes. and be go from listening to it into the car to going and reading it in the coffee shop and then going back and forth, you've got that the advantage of having both medias yes. available to you. That is true. Amazon and that's makes been a real 
that's something that has never been available before. Is that is that WhisperSync? Is that what they call yeah. it? Yeah, that's, right. that's WhisperSync technology. Well, actually, WhisperSync is, I think, that you synchronize your own copy of your books. I oh. don't remember what they call the audio sync uh, with that. But uh, and and I use one uh, like I use audio books, especially if I'm in the car or if I'm sitting and doing some work, I can put them on and listen to them. Whereas the other ones, it takes more physical. I've got to actually sit there and read them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can't do anything else while I'm reading a book where I can do other things while I'm doing a, an audio book. So I, I see them both as being very equal in yeah. terms of how I use them. And you usually if you pay a few extra bucks to get the audio when you buy, if you buy the ebook, you can pay oh, yes. extra bucks and get the yeah. audio. It, it's, it. It, and and audio books tend to be a lot more expensive than the Kindle right. books. Right. But so that's that's a defect there. I mean, you have to. It's a bigger investment in them. Hmm. And and I would just throw in a couple things too. I think it might be that's helpful for especially someone who's maybe struggling to read or has dyslexia or something. If you have the audiobook playing, you can see it physically in the Kindle where it's at and follow along. Yeah. So that could be, you know, really helpful for, for someone in that situation. I find audiobooks fun, a fun way to go back to my, my favorite series and, and experience them in a different way. Yes. I'm, right now I'm listening to uh, Emma, which is a very old, you know, classical book. But Emma Thompson is one of the readers. Oh. And she's got a couple. There's a, a couple of guys and her and one other woman. And listening to the audio book in that form is just just fantastic. Yeah. It really engages me much more than I would have sat down yeah. and tried to read the physical book. When I was in fifth grade, my my uh, teacher, she would read. She read she read us the first three Harry Potter books to our entire class but she wow. would she would make the different voices for different characters mm -hmm. and there was something about that that experience that just has always stuck with me and so every time i i pick up a an audiobook in particular i love it when the the narrators can change their voices and and really bring the story to life in a way that just reading the words on the page you know you have to use your own imagination and and that's mm -hmm. great too but it there there's something about the spoken word that is just super engaging and a lot of fun and when you have the author reading his own book yep. that's fantastic it can it be really is some some authors are not great performers but it can be good when they do read it yeah I, i'm thinking of um the little house books uh is are read by the actress cherry jones she is great because she's got an, an accent that really kind of evokes Fits. the frontier um, and then the the Swalls and Amazon books I was mentioning the 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 woman who d who narrates that she does all of the characters like just such slight differences that even if if the story doesn't tell you who's speaking you know right away which mm -hmm. whether it's a five year old boy a thirteen year old girl a, a middle aged man I mean you really get a sense that she's she's I don't know how they do it to keep track of all the different voices it's amazing um, one thing I want to mention uh, that you reminded me of. Father Andrew is about learning disabilities. One advantage of the Kindle, uh, the, the the Kindle reader, is that they have a dyslexia font, uh, a font that's designed for people with learning or reading uh, issues. My uh, my daughter, who is a bookworm, I mentioned before, um, that's one of the reasons why she does like reading on the Kindle is that it has that dyslexia font that works really well for her. And I I don't know all of the the technicalities of why it works well, but the way it's designed, it's designed for to be advantageous for people who have trouble forming the letters in their brain as they read them. 
Um, and so that's actually an, another advantage. And it also reminds me that that's one of the things after my husband's stroke that it really helps him is listening to the Liturgy of the Hours at the same time he's reading it. Oh, so yeah. because it helps him to focus and it helps him to to help with the processing of it because he does have some language difficulties after the stroke. And for him, being able to have both of those really, really helps. Pat, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's uh, another reason why I prefer physical books is especially like if I am going to go sit in the chapel and pray uh, to have the, the Bible physically or the liturgy of the hours physically in my in my lap, in my hands. There's more of a tactile. Yeah, yeah. There, well, yeah there, there's a sacredness. There's a uh, professor in seminary used to like to say that books are incarnational. Yes. And and just that whole idea that there's this you can the sacraments are tactile. We touch, we taste, we smell and we lose something of that when we switch to a digital format. So to be able to have the liturgy, of the hours as a as the book in front of me that I'm that I'm praying from or specifically also the Bible, I, I really like to have the, the physical book, even though, of course, I reference it on my phone all the time for various reasons. But. You know, there, there's a there's just something about that that I I think is is helpful, especially in in prayer. And not that the digital format is is bad or wrong, but it's one additional know. sense that you're using in in that right. prayer experience. Yeah. Plus, it it also means that you can leave your phone outside the chapel and not be distracted by the, <laughs> yeah. the Facebook notifications. Yeah, you know, there's a <laughs> there's words on a screen are ephemeral. They're virtual. They're they they're you know they're they're they don't have the permanence that ink in a page mm -hmm. uh, made from a tree, you know, that it has. Uh, so I, I'm with Captain Picard on that. But physical books, even in the 24th century, will still be important. I think. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely think so. <laughs> so um, let's that this has been a great discussion. I really enjoyed it. And there's probably more we could say. And so I'm looking forward to hearing from uh, listeners what what suggestions they have for technology, for bookworms, for people who like to read. Uh, as as we go for, uh, forward in future episodes, but uh, before we get to our picks of the week, Pat, I had um you had a follow up on our discussion in uh, episode twenty five about AdBlock Plus, uh, right? That you wanted to mention, yeah. Something was said in the discussion about how they were had sold out to advertisers and that type of thing, and I wanted to follow up on that. That the from from their own website and my own experience, basically. They have a policy that they block obnoxious ads. They do not block all ads. And for an ad to be accessible on a website and left alone, it has to meet a lot of criteria. It can't be animated. It can't be jumping around. It can't be playing so sounds. It's pretty much a text and a picture. And so uh, if, a, if a company comes to them and says, hey, you know, you're blocking our ads. We would love to have them not blocked. They say, well, you have to meet certain criteria in order to make sure that these are acceptable ads. And if you're a small-time business person, that's free. If you're a big user, guess what? Your donation is going to help fund us to keep us in business. So to me, the acceptable use policy means that this ad blocker gives a kind of a, a best of both worlds. You get some ads, but they're not obnoxious. And they, uh, yes, the, some of the advertisers are paying, but they, the ads still have to meet that acceptable use thing, uh, that their policy. 
And so I don't mind seeing the ones that just say sponsored ad in a little little picture and a little verbiage. Yeah. I don't mind those. To me, it's it's still the advertisers are getting something out of it. Right. And I'm getting something. And the it. website owner gets something out of it as well. So right. Exactly. To keep the website up. And, and uh, the thing about Adblock Plus, too, I've tried several different ones, but it's so simple to just reach up and say, OK, turn up, turn off the blocking on this site and remember that. And then from then on, every time you go to that site, that site allows ads or allows the, the ad behavior like a bank might do to show you the reverse of a check, that type of thing. It's a very simple system where so many of the others, you had to enter them into a white list and, and it was just really painful. Um, so I've really liked it a lot. And uh, but that's the people that are saying, well, they, they let some people advertise because they're paying for it. It doesn't change the acceptable use. It still has to be very minimal ad. Okay, good. That's a good perspective. Thank you. Um, we also had a bit of listener feedback on that same episode, 20, uh, episode 25. Uh, Les Hammer uh, writing in on our discussion about the 911, uh, E911, and the uh, troubles that they can have locating you uh, where you know, with they don't have precise location data for you when you call 911. He says, uh, GPS and cell tower tri triangulation can also suffer from another problem. A stronger signal will be along the path with more metal rather than along the direct path. If you're outdoors, it may be okay, but inside buildings, not so. So, you know, if you're, if you, if there's a bridge between you and the cell tower, perhaps, uh, it may make a stronger signal than, than along the direct path to the cell tower and, and get your location off a little bit. So that's a good, uh, good, uh, good point to bring up uh, and interesting. Uh, there. So uh, let's move on to our picks of the week. Um, Father Andrew, what's what's your pick this week? So my pick this week uh, is something that I got from a, a good priest friend of mine, Father Brian. He he and I went to seminary together and he was ordained a couple years older than me, but he's also a huge, huge, huge bookworm. He's got way more books than me. And uh, and so something that he was looking for and he roped me into to doing this a number of years ago was was looking for a way to catalog his books. And so he found this website called librarything.com and it's uh it's a it's basically an online service where you can you can scan in your books using a barcode or you can manually input them. It'll pull information from Amazon and you can create a catalog of your books in your online uh presence on librarything.com. It's free up to 200 books. And if you want to go beyond that, it's, I think, $10 a year, or you can pay $25 as a one-time fee for a lifetime uh, subscription, essentially, to the service. And there's, a, there's an app with it as well, and the app will, it's really easy to use. You can just pull up a book and hit the, the scan barcode, and it'll scan the barcode and immediately add it to your collection, and you can sort them and everything. And it's a really phenomenal tool if you have a fairly large personal library um i suspect dom you you might <laughs> benefit from something like this uh, i actually i actually have a library thing account with uh, almost oh, a thousand books in it that i opened okay. like more than 10 years ago uh, <laughs> i have not been adding to it uh, but uh, I'll, I'll i have more to say about that in a second but i'll let you finish yeah so also kind of this is a two two for one pick of the week because with it they have developed uh what they're calling tiny cat and it's library cat cat.org 
And basically, that's a uh, they they create a simple user interface where you can show your catalog to people. They can see if it's available for you to check out as if you're hosting your own personal library service. And you can add users and they can check out and, and return books. And and it's just a it's a handy way if you are into loaning your books out so you can keep track of who's got your books, when they got it, if they returned it, if you don't want to go searching through your library. And it's they, they play really, really well together. So and that's free to use for personal use as well. Yeah, I, I have a long history of trying to uh, put my library into some electronic form. I, I think I started with way back in the day, uh, an app called for the Mac called Delicious Library, which had like that ultimate skeuomorphism. I think they started the whole skeuomorphism thing back in the day where your books appeared on shelves. Uh, and, and actually, I think at one point you could scan the barcodes using your phone uh, camera. To, and then it would look it up on Amazon and put all the data in based on it. Uh, but I usually I got well in, in the case of library thing I got a thousand books in and got and kind of petered out <laughs> at some point. Uh, I have way more books than that even. But uh, uh, but yes, I, I recommend it. if if you need if you're if you're the sort of person who wants to catalog keep track. Um, I mean, one of these days I'll actually get this done. I might actually pay. My kids are old enough now. I could pay them to do it. That might be, That's right. It might yeah. be worthwhile, like a, a a buck an hour to do that. Because I, I I can't pay a buck a book. I'd go broke. But uh, but yeah, that's a good pick. Thank you. That's excellent. Um, yep. Pat, what is your pick of the week? Well, it's not exactly book related. It's print related. There you go. But um, I have had a lot of clients recently that were looking to escape the high cost of ink. And uh, so I've, I've been helping them order some of the Epson Echo Tank printers. And I think you had some experience with those as well. Yes, I have an older uh, one. Yep. And and so basically the idea being is instead of these little tiny cartridges that are so expensive, uh, basically you it comes with a place where you can refill them from bottles and they have it made so that you can only put the ink in the particular color that it belongs and it doesn't drip and it's it's really very been very helpful and the cost of of printing stuff goes way down when you when you're not having to pay for those horrifically expensive little cartridges the printers themselves are a little bit more expensive but uh you're making up for the for getting the ink cheaper right you're paying up front a little more yeah. actually i like this idea that uh th that's an improvement they've made which is that you can only put the ink into the right cartridge Right. And without spilling, um, I've had experience with the the older one. I have the forty, the Epson forty five fifty, which it's just you get a bottle and you're pouring into a tank. And um, oh yeah, that would be a little bit trickier. Yeah, yeah. and and if you don't, and if you if you don't empty the whole bottle, then you got to figure out a way to store it where it doesn't spill because that ink gets everywhere if it spills. It's like tone. It's like a copier toner. Yeah, it's just once it's yeah. out, it's it, it expands. It's like something. Yeah, from basically, you just you open the the lid on these things, and it's one of these things that's keyed to the particular tank. Oh wow! And so you you put it on top, and it won't go in the other ones. And it's only when you set it down that it opens up and lets the ink pour in, and it pours in and finishes it up and shuts it off, right. and you pull it out. So it's it's really nice. And you get like two years worth of you know uh, based on average printing. Obviously, different people have different right. Uh, but you two get two years worth of it. Yeah, two years worth of ink in the car in the box, and then yeah, I think I remember seeing somewhere saying that the most expensive substance in the world by volume, by you know dollar per volume, is printer ink. 
<laughs> because because yeah, of how my, much you get. My, how much what you I had heard was it was higher than the cost of Chanel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's more expensive than diamonds, than platinum, than anything uh, in yeah. printer ink, which is kind of funny. Uh, but good pick. I, I like that. I like to see that they're coming up with ways to overcome some of these problems with uh, printing. So that's nice. Uh, and you're not sending all these cartridges to the landfill. Now that's a, another big thing, yeah. too. You've got bottles that you can just, you know, when they're finished, they can be recycled. So uh, I promised you a pick to help you with your book problem. So you, 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 when the digital rights management goes away, that you, uh, you, you still can read your books. And it's an app called Caliber. Uh, it's spelled the Canadian slash British way. Yeah, C-A-L-I-B-R-E. I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. And it's a cross-platform app. It, it works on all the major platforms. And what it is, it basically what it does is it, it lets you take your, your e-books of whatever form, whether it's PDF, a Kindle, an Apple iBook, uh, which is an EPUB format, no matter what format you have it, uh, and it will import it. It will search for all of into the into its database. It will search for all of the um, metadata about it and cover and all this other stuff, and let you choose which cover is the right one for that book and all this stuff like that. And but the best part is, is it will then let you convert it. And so I all of my Kindle books, which I've purchased, I've backed up. I'm not I'm not giving them to anyone. These are backups, uh, but I've backed them up in an EPUB format, so a DRM-free EPUB format uh, on my computer so in, 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 you know, on my, uh, my backed-up NAS so that they get back to the cloud. And that way, I, even if you know, something happens to Seattle and Amazon goes away, uh, I still have access to these. Or, or if I decide uh, I don't want to do business with Amazon anymore, I still have these books I, I paid for that I could still read. Um, they're part of my library. So, uh, and and I've done this. I've done it with PDFs that I've gotten in various places. Uh, uh, my my wife had a Honor Harrington series from yes. uh, from uh, was that David Drake? Uh, I forget who did it, but a series of uh, science fiction novels where one of them back in the early '90s came with a CD in the back with all of the books in the series in uh, text format on the CD. Uh, those are all on there in. Uh, various uh, formats and then uh so everything goes in there and it's all safe and sound and so you know if people who had been using the microsoft ebook servers if they used caliber they'd be sitting pretty today so just uh, something to think about um but as long as you're you know just you're not doing it to strip out the drm and then then you know give the book away to other people hey you know the authors deserve to get their royalties for the work that they put into it so and don't do don't do that to them but this is for your personal backup. So, uh, so Caliber, that's that's what it is, and it's free, of course. It's a it's an open source project, which is really nice. So those are our uh, picks, and so uh, I think that wraps it up. Uh, we're just a little programming note. We're not going to be here next week. Uh, we're taking a little time off for summer vacation, but we'll be back the week after that, and we'll be talking about the news and and all the things of technology that there is to talk about. So before we close, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology this week, including AJ, Jenny N, Thomas Z, Matt and Yolanda, and Sean F. Their generous donations, their generous financial support at sqpn.com slash give makes it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the great shows that we're doing at StarQuest. And we have some new shows there. If you want to check them out, please 
Uh, there's some great new content, and uh, including one I'm particularly proud of called Raising the Bets, a show I do with my wife. And uh, so go check those out. And if you want to join the our patrons in helping support us as we continue to make more great content, uh, you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What do you think about our discussion about the ebooks and and uh, the advantages, disadvantages? Let us know. Do you prefer print to you know paper to ebook and one or the other? We want to hear from you about about your bookworm technology uh, ideas. Let us know by going to sqpn.com/technology or the SQPN Facebook page, which is facebook.com/starquestmedia. You leave me back there, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you'll find the relevant links from our discussion today on our show notes on sqpn.com. Please remember, like I said before, you can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now on Spotify, uh, and you can also listen on YouTube, where we upload audio versions of our program. Uh, And if you do that, subscribe on YouTube, hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of technology. Glad to be here. Thank you. Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you as well. Absolutely. You're welcome. This is always fun. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest.